alive or memorex? Alive? Okay, let's, let's do it. All right. Oh, my goodness. Looking forward to the study tonight. So go ahead and get this opened. Wi-Fi is just a tad bit slow, but while it's loading, we will uh, go ahead and proceed on into our lesson. That'll be good. Okay, so did everyone get a handout? If you did, that's wonderful. We're going to get started. And uh, let's see here. Looks like I've got 100% creeping up. There you go. Tonight our lesson is on pray with passion. Pray with passion. Um, what are you passionate about? I used to be really passionate about college soccer. I was a, uh, about what, 10 years ago and about 15, 10 years ago and 30 pounds, I was a soccer referee. <laughs> so things change as you get older. So I was passionate about it, and that passion would just about sometimes overcome you. And so tonight we're going to be looking at those passionate things that we have in our life. But we're also going to take a look at those things that cause us to be uncomfortable or being overwhelmed or overcome. It could be that the shower in your home just sprung a leak. How many of you have experienced a leak in your house? Oh, my goodness. And, and it's not, it's one of those things where you call and say, when can you get here? And they say, well, I got some time tomorrow. <laughs> so how do I go outside and turn the water off out front? <laughs> or, or maybe your car starts making a terrible noise when you're 100 miles from home. And then on top of that, it starts smoking really bad. You ever been there? Just over overwhelmed, overcome, you know, what am I going to, to do? Sometimes when we get in those fixes, we consult who? Dr. Google, right? Dr. Google. Dr. Google has quite a resource behind it. You can just about find any, you can find an answer to just about anything that you want. It may not be the best answer. It may not be the correct answer most times, but there's a, there's a, a clause that tells them that they need to be as accurate as they possibly can be, but one of the things that we know is that even though that resource is so powerful, it's not as powerful as the resource that we have. There's a resource that we can connect into, and it is, it is awesome, okay? And that is more powerful than the internet. It's more powerful than a speeding locomotive. It's more powerful than, what's the next one? A speeding bullet, and able to and a single bound, it is <laughs> Superman. <laughs> I can see who is older and younger in this class. <laughs> but what is more powerful than the internet is prayer. And we are going to see a story tonight in the Old Testament about the power of prayer, but more than anything else, when someone is passionate and impassioned about their prayer. We're going to be looking at King Nebuchadnezzar. 
and he dreamed dreams. And what we're going to see in the fact that his dreams, notice, is plural, more than one. So he had more than one, or he maybe dreamed the same dream more than once. But something about this dream, it tells us that wherewith his spirit was troubled. We know that the spirit is what? It's the seat of our emotions, our desire, our sorrow, trouble. We can see those things. It's that when we say that the New Testament sometimes talks about something, the bowels. You know, sometimes pressures and things in life can get so heart, heart heavy that they hurt even in your bowels or in your heart. And so we're looking at this tonight because King Nebuchadnezzar shares with us some really insightful things, okay? So one of the things that we know is he couldn't sleep. So couldn't sleep. Daniel chapter 2 is where we're going to be looking tonight. He asked something of his royal court, and this is where we're going to look tonight. We're not going to be looking too closely at verses 1 through uh, 7, but I want to just set the context for us. And as we set the context, we'll be able to understand a little bit better of what's going on in this chapter. And in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams wherewith his spirit was troubled and his sleep break from him. Then the king commanded to call the magicians, the astrologers, and the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to show the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. And the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream, and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. Then spake the Chaldeans to the king in Sirach, O king, live forever. Tell thy servants the dream, and we will show the interpretation. King Nebuchadnezzar is a pretty shrewd guy. The king answered and said to the, the Chaldeans, The thing is gone from me. If ye will not make known unto me the dream with the interpretation thereof, ye shall be cut in pieces, and your houses shall be made a dunghill. But if ye show the dream and the interpretation thereof, ye shall receive of me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and the interpretation thereof. Now, talk about being in a hot spot, being overcome. Here these guys were, and he was asking. Now, th they had fame about themselves as being able to be the smartest and the brightest in the kingdom. Not only were they the smartest and the brightest, but they held a position that the king went to in every opportunity that he had. He went to them to find out what was going on. And so he puts them on the spot. He wants some answers, and he wants those answers right now. They answered again and said, Let the king tell his servants a dream, and we will show the interpretation thereof. The king answered and said, I know of certainty that ye would gain the time because ye see the thing is gone from me. Not only was it frustrating for the king that he had dreamed these dreams and they troubled him, but he couldn't remember. What was it? What was that dream? Now, we know that, that dreams enter into what portion of our sleep cycle? Ram. Who said ram? Ram sleep. That's where, it, that's where it happens. And so 
at that deepest part of the sleep cycle, you are just at the deepest point is when dreams typically come. Now, was it the pizza? Or was it something you were thinking a lot about? But the dreams come. Now, the book of Joel tells us that, that the young men and young women were going to dream dreams. We see in many other places in the scripture where dreams were used by God to relay a specific message. And so God is using this message in this man's life to teach us something today. Paul said that, that these things happen in the Old Testament for examples for us, that we might be able to learn and grow and understand from what God told them, making it relevant today. You would say, well, how in the world can something that happened in about 605 B.C. impact me? So look, we're going to see that tonight. It's really some fun things to read. Okay, so they answered and said to King that there is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore, there is no king, lord, nor ruler that asks such thing in any magician or astrologer or Chaldean. And it is a rare thing that the king requires, and there is none that can show it before the king except the gods, little, little g, God, whose dwelling is not with flesh. Isn't that amazing? Who is Jesus? Emmanuel, God with us. So they're saying, you know, it would take a man that has God, Emmanuel, God with us, in order for us to do such a thing as what the king is requiring. And for this cause, the king was angry, furious, and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. All the wise men are getting ready to meet their maker. All the wise men. But here's something that we'll, we'll note tonight, that in this portion of scripture, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are not present. They weren't asked to come and be a part of this. And so they weren't there when this was going on. Okay? So we look at Daniel chapter 16. And this is where our lesson starts tonight. So that's the introduction to kind of get us all where we need to be. And the decree went forth. A decree that said, a decree that's even worse than what the Supreme Court could hand out. A decree that's even more so terrible than the president could set out. This single leader sent out a decree and his, and his word was the word and, and that was all that it was. And so it went forth that the wise men should be slain. It's real easy to read, and the wise men shall be slain. We can't, we can't really embrace or appreciate what that would mean when they said that all these men are going to die. So, but it, and if we could, we could, we could maybe sense what they're going through at about this time. Now. Daniel and his three friends were not there, but when they noticed this, when the decree went forth and the wise men should be slain, they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. They were gathering up all these magicians, astrologers, 
Chaldeans, the soothsayers, all those people were being herded up together like cattle. And then he answered and said to uh, Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree so hasty from the king? Then Arioch made the thing known unto Daniel. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he should give him time and that he should show the king the interpretation thereof. Now, let's, let's get a little bit into what stress does to people. What stress would do to a believer in Jesus Christ versus what stress would do to someone who doesn't understand the Holy Scriptures. We see that Daniel spoke with tact and discretion. We as believers in whatever ordeal we are going through should always respond with tact and discretion. The King James says that he spoke with prudent counsel. The, I think that is the New American Standard says, or the NEV, and Daniel replied with discretion and discernment. And then, fourthly, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. So if you'll notice that tact, discretion, wisdom, those words are almost interchangeable. But Daniel took the time, and I would just say maybe whispered a prayer. You know, the Bible says that we, we shouldn't have to worry about what we're going to say in those times. But that the Spirit of God will give us the words to say. The Spirit of God is there with us, in us, and when we run into those situations that are undeniably difficult, and they require us to make decisions that are life-changing and impacting, life-changing and impacting things that happen in our lives seem to get spread quicker than gossip. Did you hear what happened to And it's the Spirit of God that, that is able to take us into the position of, whoa, I need to watch what I think, watch what I say, watch how I respond. We've got to let the Spirit of God guide us when we are ready to snap back, when we're ready to defend ourselves or not defend ourselves and just stand our ground and be quiet. What's one of the hardest things to do when you've been accused of something? Let me finish first. <laughs> when you've been accused of something that you know is not true. Would you just go, I'm not worried about it. Or would you go, whoa, wait a minute. I didn't do that. Where are you in that camp? Are you quick to say, whoa, that wasn't me. Or maybe if they say something that is true, you kind of cower and, and run and go hide. But there's a willingness to pray. Daniel showed a willingness to pray. We should all have that willingness to quickly pray. Now, verse 16. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he should give him time and that he would show the king the interpretation. Now, notice that the king wanted to know, I want to know the dream and then I want you to interpret me the dream. But Daniel went in in the manner that God led him, and he didn't have to give the dream, just the interpretation. So, so we see that he would show the interpretation, not the dream. And so the, the king was going to know, 
if the interpretation was true because as he would interpret the dream, then the king would begin to realize and understand what was taking place actually. So, Daniel chapter 2, verses 17 through 19. Then Daniel went to his house. King, give me, give me a night to consult God. I think that example shows us that we should take our time before making rash decisions. Do you make a decision quickly or do you ponder it and think it through? I think a lot of times when we respond quickly, let me just say this, when Michael Gentry responds quickly, sometimes I get myself in trouble. I'm, I am sometimes kind of impatient. I like things to happen and they're quick. I just, that's just who I am. But he asked for a night and then he did something. He went and made the things known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their names, that they would desire of the mercies of God of heaven. Daniel went and called a prayer meeting. Hey, guys, we're going to pray. And we're going to pray, and we're going to ask for the mercies of God of heaven concerning this secret that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. And so then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. So they prayed. When you pray, do you believe? The Bible says praying, believing. Do you, when you pray, do you believe? Or do you pray just, Lord, help me in this mess? Or do you pray, Lord, help me in this mess because I need a direction. I need an answer. Help me to formulate the right answer, the right opinion, the right move. And let me do it per your word. Help me to stay in line with what you want me to do. <clears throat> and so they prayed. And then when they prayed believing, God answered. Daniel was a man of God and he knew where to go for help. So notice the wisdom in praying. Daniel asked his three friends to pray with him that God would show mercy and reveal the mystery of the king's dream. Daniel himself prayed. He didn't just go to some, hey, pray for me, pray with me. He prayed himself. He expected God to answer. And lastly, he praised God for answered prayers. When you pray, believe. And I know that sounds almost like some of the televangelists, more the, the uh, name it, claim it theology, and I'm not going there. But there are some truths of scripture that we have to understand without taking it out of context. That there, there is 
those times in our lives that we should pray believing. Not pray believing that I'm going to get a million dollar house because that's a whole nother, other bunch of complications. Because if he gave you that house for a million dollars, you'd have to pay taxes. <laughs> Do you have enough to cover the taxes and the interest? I mean, so, so pray believing in the right context of what God would be able to do in my life in regards to an answered prayer. I have two brothers in Christ. One's a pastor. And I'm praying for their salvation. Because I don't think heard them preach and teach and I just shake my head and go you can't be saved when stuff like that happens I mean he told me one time maybe the Lord will open your eyes someday but I'm praying believing that they would get saved he's a powerful preacher but there's something missing in his message and that something that's missing that is missing is the lordship of Jesus Christ. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. You just can't claim this prosperity gospel and it's gonna, everything's going to be okay and your life is going to be just so simple and so much better. And he's falling into that trap. And I'm praying for him. And I'm believing that they're going to come to Christ. There's another lady that I know. I'm praying, believing that she will come into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I have to actively pray and go to the throne of God and be beg and beseech and ask him for their salvation, but more than anything, that the door for me to witness might be open so that I can come to them and I can share with them about the saving grace of Jesus and that it is not what I own and what I get out of religion, but it's what God can do through me because of Christ. There's nothing, I mean, God can bless you and bless me with things, but it's not the things I should look at and say, oh, God is so good because it's not this, it's this. God is good because he loved a sinner like me. No good rotten sinner. I was a preacher's kid in the church that was leading in. Preacher's kids were the nicest and best kids in any church. At least when I was growing up, the preacher's kids kind of had it made. But it wasn't until one day my dad stood in the pulpit and he gave the message of salvation and it hit me. And he said, if you're not saved, you are going to hell forever and you will burn in hell forever. That did something to me. You mean I won't get to heaven because I'm the preacher's? I'm Reverend Gentry's boy. 
you know, and all the, all the sisters in the church treated all us boys really nice. They did. But I was a long way from the glory of God and from salvation. This is for everybody. What are the benefits of praying with others? One answer from this side, one answer from this side, one answer from this side, and four answers from over here. <laughs> now, what are, the, what are the benefits of praying with others? Anyone? How does it benefit me to pray with others? And how does it benefit them? Yes, sir. Shrimping numbers. Okay. Okay. Shrimping numbers. Daniel could have just prayed by himself. But he decided to do what? With his friends. And they prayed together. Shrimping numbers. Or in, in other words, they were all of one spirit. One Lord, one baptism, one spirit. Okay. What, why else is it good for us? What are some benefits of praying with others? Yes. The encouragement. The encouragement that it's not just me. That it's somebody else that has needs. And somebody else that has hurts. And it's somebody else that is being misunderstood. And it's somebody else that it just seems like every time you turn around, something is going wrong. And it's not just me. There's a lot more people in this world are, are dealing with stuff that would blow your mind. Like Pastor goes, <laughs> it would blow your mind. So what are the benefits of praying with this subject? It has to do with that fellowship that being one in the spirit, being an encouragement with each other to edify, to build somebody up is what the Lord wants us to do. And when we are doing his will, there's going to be blessings from that. But when I see another brother or sister in Christ that says that will shed a tear over where they are and what's going on in their life, then it's, it's like I've taught this many times. When someone says, they can just look at them and say, I know what you're feeling. And just that, I know what you're feeling, is just like, oh, they get it. They, that person understands what I'm dealing with. And you didn't say a word about what it was you were dealing with, but just because the Spirit of God is able to meet with me, Commune with me and teach me. Oh, I have a, I have a joy that is unspeakable. Now, many people treat the Lord like a vending machine. They don't pray until an emergency comes, or they have a want, or they have a need, or they. Re oh, I remember I haven't prayed in a while. When we were in Japan, we went there a few times. One thing that just blew me away was the vending machines. They were everywhere in neighborhoods, street corners, bus stops, train stations, and you could get you could have a full course meal out of these vending machines. I mean they sold it all in vending machines. And it was really amazing 
My little grandkids, they, when they were like this, would go to the vending machine. And they could operate those things like crazy. And I got hooked on, I didn't get hooked on people. That's probably not right. I really, really, really liked the coffee that they sold. <laughs> and came in the can and it was hot. Hot coffee. I, it was, it's amazing. God is amazing. God can meet all our needs. But he's never going to be at our beck and call to just put in a quarter or put in a token thank you, Lord, or put in that. That's not what he desires from us. Luke chapter 17, verses 12 through 19. Let me go there real quickly. I'm hurrying, Brother Dave. And, and as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, get this, as they went, they were they were cleansed just by obeying the master's command. Go to the priest. Go show yourselves unto the priest. They went, and as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down at his face, at his feet, giving him thanks he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he was showing, showing them and showing us this, the whole idea that, that sometimes the blessings can take our minds off the blesser. And though they were cleansed by Jesus who gave them that, cl that cleansing, they forgot. The, the many did not come back to do that. So Daniel and his friends got together. They prayed. They communed together. They departed. They went to sleep. It was, I wonder, I bet they slept pretty good. But can you imagine all the astrologers, the magicians, Chaldeans? They knew that the next day their lives were going to be taken away from them. But these four men slept really well. Okay? Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. God came in the vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven when God answers your prayer sometimes I'll have to admit I have been like whoa <laughs> whoa and deep down inside I'm thinking to myself I can't God bless me and, and it's almost like and now, that reminds me of what 
Carlos Hatut said to me in Wyoming back in 1979. He asked me one day, he walked to me, he says, hey, Gentry. I said, yeah, what is it? He said, how's God been to, how's God been to you? I thought, I said, well, he's been good. He said, how else could he be? Yeah, how else could he be? God is good. Amen? All right. So Daniel chapter 2, verses 20 through 23. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changed the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in darkness, and the light dwelleth in him. I could take that. Boy, that would be a good place to just kind of stop and talk for a little while. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness. Man, we are living in times, it's perilous times, and there are dark times. There are things going on in this world that is just, it makes us as believers go, what in the world are some people thinking? But we know the truth of what's going on because we are children of light because in him dwelleth light. And because of that light that's dwelling in him, I have partaken of that so i thank thee and praise thee O thou god of my fathers who has given me wisdom and might and has made known made known unto me now what we desired of thee for thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter god has turned everything around and now daniel can do nothing but praise him for what he's done so what do you appreciate about Daniel's prayer of praise? What do you appreciate about Daniel's prayer of praise? Anyone? What do you think about his prayer of praise? The proper response. There's many other things he could have said and done, but he gave the proper response whenever to praise God for who he was, what he was doing, and how he was able to save his people. Notice the worship in prayer after he prayed and after God revealed him to that, revealed the, the information to him, Daniel worshiped him. He praised God for who he was. Daniel glorified God. The Lord had done what the so-called gods of Babylon were powerless to do. He revealed the mystery to Daniel. And they are exemplified in God's omni-attributes. His omnipresence, his omnipotence, and his omniscience. God was before, before, and he will be after, after. But he's always present. That's pretty cool. And he has all the power in his hands. I watched a... Um, little mini documentary series on Elon Musk. 
what it took for him to develop that rocket that was able to put, uh, get us back into orbit again. And I was so fascinated with that. But the thing that fascinated me more than anything else is they came to the point and they said, we've got to develop this thing, but we want to not spend the money on those fuel tanks that just go up and drop into the sea and just waste the money. And so they decided to start testing rockets that would go up in the air and then come back and land. And I thought, no way. But then I start seeing them and what they were doing to try to bring all that together and and the power in these engines to do what they did to to come back into orbit and then to come down and to sit on the ground. <coughs> it was pretty pretty interesting. But that has that much of the power of God. I mean, that's phenomenal, yes, but it doesn't touch the power that God has. Now, Daniel chapter 2, verses 27 through 29. Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers show unto the king. And, and at that point, I can imagine the king saying, well, yeah, that's, that's right. But then Daniel says, but there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to the, to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days, thy dream and thy visions of thy head upon thy bed. The God of heaven reveal it those secrets and he is going to make known these things and so uh daniel and and i don't know if daniel and his four the four other men were three other men were with him at this time but daniel is making his proclamation to king nebuchadnezzar at that time and so notice the the witness of the prayer warriors that come together here and so we we look at what daniel was able to do and and come in before the king and say that the secret is now been revealed, and here it is. And so he's able to let them know about that. So notice the witness of the prayer warriors. And so when we think about that, we have to ask ourselves this question. What are some things that, that our group, us tonight, can acknowledge and praise God for today? What can we praise him for today? Is there any blessings? Is there any praise? It seems like it's such a terrible thing when we look at our southern border. But can God use that for good? Do, can you see any good coming out of that? I can. Those people here in America they can get exposed to the gospel. And they're, they're standing there wanting to come in from all corners of the world by the hundreds, by the thousands, and they want to come over here. And there are going to be some people in some churches that are going to reach out to these people. We might be one of those that a bus may pull up in the city of Finley and about 15 or 16 immigrants would come on board and where could we minister to them to bring to them a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? 
there are, there, are, there are things that could happen that we maybe hadn't got outside of the box and looked at it from a biblical, spiritual perspective. It's so easy to get caught up in what this media says or what that media says or what these people believe or what they don't believe. But there are some good things that can come about because of that. It, it, it just floors me sometimes when people say, oh, the United States is such a terrible place. Why does everybody want to come here? <laughs> God has blessed America. But America could be on the cusp of his judgment, too. And so we praise him for what he's doing in our life. We don't understand what's happening in Congress. We can't understand some of the things that's happening, but God does. And he is going to prepare a people that is going to be able to meet the needs and be able to have an answer for those who are going to look for those, those answers that we have. And it's not a selfish thing. I have an answer to someone who doesn't have salvation in Christ. You have an answer, and we can share that answer with them. And so what are some things our group can acknowledge and praise God for? That he's still sovereign. He's still loving and forgiving. He's, he's patient. <laughs> when I think about his patience, I think about me. I go, praise you, Lord. Man, he's good. And so we as prayer warriors, as we come together tonight, and we lift up and we, we look at the sicknesses that are out there. I'm reminded. Jesus went to the, this family whose daughter had, had just passed away. And the, the professional mourners were there and they were going on and on. And he said, no, she's not dead. raises his girl from the dead. Lazarus died, but he got a chance to come back. She got a chance to come back. When we think of the departed dead ones, I think about my dad. He lived to be 98. Lived a long time. And I miss him so much. But he's in such a better place. So I'm told that there was a cloud of witnesses <laughs> of faith. And my mother's one of those that's in that cloud of witnesses. And maybe she's saying, you can do it. Stay strong. God can do it. I think she would be rooting for me. I know I, I, I loved, I'm, I'm waiting to see her again, but, but I can acknowledge God for so many wonderful things that are taking place around us and through us. And we have to be very, very, very cautious of that very thing and do our best. Our prayers do make a difference. If you, if you don't get anything out of the night, Take that away. Our prayers do make a difference.
And our prayer should be the first and not the last and not our last resort. I ought to be able to want to go to him first, no matter what, anything that's happening in my life, because he has the answer and he has the ability to deliver and he is willing. The Bible says that if I ask anything according to his name, is he hears me. He hears me. He's listening to me. But he also says that, as the scripture tells us, that, that if we regard iniquity in our heart, he won't hear us. So tonight we have this opportunity to come together and to praise him, but also ask him to forgive us of our sins of whom we stray, and we can repent of that, and we can have our fellowship renewed with him. We can come together in groups of twos or threes or whatever we have, and we can raise our hands up to the Lord and thank him for what he's done for us and praise him for the example that he's given through Daniel and just be excited about who he is and what he can do in our lives. That is some exciting things that we have to hold to. And so tonight, our prayers, to is, our prayers do make a difference. And prayer should be our first and not our last resort. So let us, we're going to close in prayer now. And I just ask you, remember these things that we discussed tonight of how praying together, how Daniel sought out the prayers of his friends and how they came together and how God answered their prayer. And he's more than willing and ready and able to hear our prayers and answer our prayers. Father, we thank you.